Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 22, and we are still in the Thanksgiving uh, weekend, if you will. Uh, I know we got several people or some people that are still with their family if there's some other Thanksgiving event this, this weekend. So we're going to talk about thankfulness one more time uh, th- this week. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, but he, and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with us. You know, I heard a story about a, about a husband and wife, and on a Saturday evening, the wife was standing at the sink, and she was rinsing out a few dishes, getting ready to put them in the dishwasher. Uh, and so her husband walked up behind her, and he said, Hey, girl, he said, would you like to go out? And, and she didn't miss a beat. She turned around. She said, I would love to go out. She quickly got ready, and they went to their favorite restaurant, and they talked, and they laughed, and they just had the greatest time that evening and, and just uh, enjoying the company of one another. And then finally, at the end of the evening, the husband told his wife, he said, baby, he said, I got to, got to let you know something. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the dog. And they laughed about that, and they decided they probably needed to have more dates, okay? We get so busy. We get so busy with everything else. We get so busy just getting through another work day. We get so busy with everything we've got to do because we're, we're working all day long, and then, you know, we get home, and there's, there's things that's got to be done. There's chores that's got to be done. There's laundry. There, there are uh, meals to prepare. There's dishes and, and, and all these other things that's got to take place, helping our children do their homework, all these other tasks and, and responsibilities, and we fail to see the blessings of God. We fail to realize that we are literally rich because the blessing of the Lord makes us rich, and we need to be thankful. First of all, we must be thankful for the riches in Christ Jesus. There is a correlation between having peace and having Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. There is a correlation between having order in your life and living for God. There's a correlation between wholeness and obeying the, the commandments of God. God didn't give us his word to ruin our life, okay? But God gave us his word to bring structure and bring direction in to our life. Uh, a lot of, uh, we've got this idea nowadays that children, some parents have got this idea, and it seems like our entire system has got this idea that children and, and teenagers don't want rules. You know, they just want to do whatever they want to do. Wouldn't that be cool? Just do whatever ever, ever you want to do. But studies have found this, that when children run away from home Often they'll go join a gang, and the reason is because they want some kind of structure in their life. They want some kind of order in their life. It might be criminal behavior, but they want some kind of order in their life. There's a correlation today between order and doing the will of God and doing the things of God. You know, by man's standards, the definition of rich is to have an abundance of monetary assets having plenty of goods and property and money in abundance. But money isn't necessary. Money's necessary to live, 
But money and riches bring a lot of sorrow with them. They do not guarantee fullness of life. Riches do not guarantee fullness of life. Wealth does not guarantee blessings in our life. In fact, often after people win the lottery, they experience emptiness and frustration. I was reading about a fella. His name was David Edwards. He won $27 million in Powerball. Wow. Can you imagine winning $27 million? I got people all the time that tell me, Pastor Bob, when I win the lottery, I want to pay the church off. We're still waiting for it, okay? <laughs> won $27 million. He married his long-time, longtime girlfriend. His life appeared to be happy and secure. He purchased a Learjet, a mansion, several other homes, at least 12 luxury automobiles, including a limousine. He started, and, and not just started, but pur purchased multiple businesses. He appeared to be set for his future. In just five short years, he took that $27 million in five years and turned it into zero. How's that even possible? How's that possible? In fact, he died at age 58, penniless, living in a storage unit. You see, great wealth does not guarantee fullness of life. The riches of this world can bring sorrow. The riches of this world bring discontentment, envy, greed, all kinds of problems. Great riches can open up temptations that we never thought we would have a problem with or we would never struggle with. Great riches can bring infidelity, adultery, divorce, all kinds of sorrows into our life. Guilt, laziness, boredom, a life of suspicion, inability to trust other people, a search for genuine love and genuine friendship, excess, even addiction. The worldly riches do not guarantee blessing or prosperity or even advancement. Remember the prodigal son? The prodigal son took his father's inheritance, he wasted it all, and he wound up in the pig pen, feeding pigs with nothing. You see, the riches of this world often lead to great sorrow. Let me, let me give you a couple, a couple of examples of real-life stories of the rich and infamous. I said not famous, infamous. Andrew Getty was the grandson of J. Paul Getty. J. Paul Getty at one time was the richest man in the world. Well, his grandson was entitled to inherit $2.1 billion. He, dry, he died of a methamphetamine overdose at age 47. Scott Sterling's father owned the LA Clippers. He was the son of, of a billionaire. He had everything that he, he could possibly want. And yet he died of an overdose of oxycodone at age 32. Ted Walgreen, one of the heirs of the Walgreen drug fortune, died at age 36 from a drug overdose of cocaine. One more. David Kennedy, son of Robert F. Kennedy, nephew of John F. Kennedy, died of a lethal dose of cocaine at age 28. These men 
had great wealth. They had everything that we are looking for. They had everything that we're searching for. They had everything that we're hope that we can hope for. They lived in the most spectacular homes. They drove the fastest, most luxurious automobiles. They had access to the best toys. They had the best things that this world had to offer. They lived and they partied with celebrities and the most beautiful people. And yet some way, somehow, it wasn't enough. Why? Because the riches of this world often lead to great sorrow. But God, I want to assure you today, God has greater plans for you. Say, Pastor Bob, I'm as, I'm as poor as Job's turkey. God has greater plans for you. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and then God adds no sorrow with it. I'm not talking about gold and silver today. I'm not talking about huge bank accounts this morning. I'm talking about having peace of mind. I'm, having, I'm talking about having the ability to enjoy your friends and to enjoy your family and to take your grandchildren on your lap and to enjoy their company and their fellowship, to enjoy the fellowship of your children and your grown children, to enjoy the blessings of the Lord. You're a rich person today, whether you realize it or not. In spite of what your bank account, we are wealthy today. And, and the Lord wants us to take these riches and to share them with our family, to share the riches of the Lord. In fact, God teaches us to leave an inheritance to our children. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, the first part of the verse says this, good people leave an inheritance, get this, to their grandchildren. Now this inheritance is not an inheritance of this world. This inheritance is not me measured in precious metals or banknotes. But God teaches us, leave a godly inheritance to your children. To your children, talk about the goodness of God. Talk about the blessings of God. Tell your children, if God has healed you, tell your children about it. If God has saved you, tell your children about it. If God has turned your life around, tell your children about it. And in turn, bring them to church. Teach them the things of God. Teach them to learn the word of God. Be a godly example before them continually. Share the riches of the Lord with your children. That will be an inheritance. And then the the, in the process, they will learn to respect other people. They will learn to care for other people. They will learn to love God. They will learn to love the things of God. They will see the blessings of God. They will, they will love family. They will love their friends. They will love their neighbors. They will learn to love and pray for their, their enemies. A relationship with Jesus Christ is the greatest inheritance that we can leave to our children. God wants it. We're blessed today. And we need to be thankful for the riches of the Lord. Every one of us is blessed by God today. Second point, be thankful for an unshakable Savior. Psalms chapter 28, verse 7 says this, The Lord is my strength. David wrote, The Lord is my strength. He's my shield. I will trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. I understand the difficulties of this world are all around about us. 
And it is so easy to focus on all of the problems. If I focus on all the problems, my mind is going to be filled with anxiety. My mind is going to be filled with worry. There are a lot of us, and some of us need to reach over and turn the television set off. There's a lot of us we need to reach over and turn the radio off because we're, we're receiving so much. Our, our mind is being bombarded with so much fear in our life and, and so much chaos in our life. But when we focus on the difficulties, worry begins to take over our life and it begins to destroy our peace of mind. we got to stop focusing on the trouble and begin to be thankful because we serve an unshakable Savior. The devil wants you to live in fear. You'll have no time for thankfulness. You'll have no time for praise. You'll have no time for joy when you live in fear. You'll have no time for happiness. But we serve an unshakable Savior. I don't have to live in a bunker. I'm not, I'm not planning. Listen, folks, I'm not planning on being here when the, when the tribulation comes, I, I believe the Lord's going to rapture me out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this old, old world. I can remember, there's a couple people here, one or two of you guys, are old enough to remember Y2K. Anyone remember Y2K? We, we talked about Y2K, and, and it's going to be the most horrible thing. Everything's going to stop working, you know? And uh, it's going to be utter chaos. And, and we, we had a had a minister that come to our church and, and a, an evangelist and they talked about Y2K and, and I, I was kind of getting fearful of Y2K and they was talking about, you know, on, on New Year's Eve, you better fill your bathtub up with water and you better do this and you better do that and, and this is going to happen. And my cousin, he is a pastor in St. Louis, we went to his church and, and there was another evangelist that come and he was talking about Y2K and, and how the, the, the church ought to get ready and Christians ought to get ready. And I begin to think about that, and I said, if all those things transpire, that sounds like the tribulation. And I'm not planning on being here. Because Jesus Christ is coming back for his bride. And I'm, I'm going to make an exit. So on, on James, on New Year's Eve, 99, uh, December 31, I didn't fill my bathtub up with water, okay? I didn't, I didn't buy 1,200 gallons of water. Okay? I didn't do that because I was trusting in God. I was trusting in the Lord. You say, Pastor Bob, these are, these are difficult times. You don't understand what we're going through. Listen, my God is able. I serve an unshakable Savior. And the Lord is with me. I do not have to live in fear because I'm trusting in the Lord today. I am thankful for an unshakable Savior. My hope is in an unshakable shakable Savior, that God is providing everything for me that I could possibly need and, and everything that my family could possibly need. I am going to use wisdom. I am going to use understanding that, that God has given me, but I do not have to live in fear because I serve an unshakable Savior, and he is my source. And I remember what God has done for me in the past, and I remember he showed up in the past. And he's given me miracles in the past. And he's given me provision in the past. And if he could do it then, he can do it again today. And God is with us in every single situation. The, your best life, your, your, your hope for tomorrow, your, the best marriage is based, and the best family comes as we invite God 
to lead us in all things every single day. We're inviting God to take control of our heart. We're inviting God to take control of our soul. We're saying, Lord, I am am following after your will. God, I'm following after your word. So we're thankful, first of all, for the riches of God. We're we're thankful because we're serving an unshakable Savior. And then thirdly, let us be thankful because we are living in an unshakable kingdom of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says this. It says, since we're receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. God is not shaken by current events. God does, God does not say, oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. God doesn't say that. God sees the end from the beginning. God knows everything going on. God is not shaken by rising interest rates. God is not shaken by inflation. Okay? God is not shaken by the nightly news. <laughs> He's God. And we are living and serving in an unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of God. God is not shaken by the moral decline. I'm praying about the moral decline. Okay? I'm praying about things that are happening today, but God is not shaken by political decisions. And God is not shaken by political outcomes. I want to to be an active part of that, but God is not shaken by those things today because God's kingdom is unshakable. And I belong to God. And because I belong to him, I can have peace in the middle of the storm. And I can be thankful for that unshakable faith. The word of God is my rock. I've built my life upon the word of God, and I'll encourage you to do the, th- the, the same thing because the devil is going to try to infiltrate your mind with all kinds of worry and all kinds of doubt and all kinds of fear, but we serve an unshakable Savior, and we're living in an unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of God. Proverbs, or Psalms chapter 145, verse 13 says this, For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom you rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is graceful in all that he does. We're citizens of the unshakable kingdom of God. His kingdom is everlasting. Psalms chapter 37, verse 25. David wrote this. He said, once I was young, now I'm old, and yet I've never seen the ungodly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The King James Version says this, never hath the righteous been forsaken or a seed seen begging for bread. You know why? Because we're serving an unshakable God. And we're living in the, because of Jesus Christ, in an unshakable kingdom today. And the Lord will supply our needs. We're trusting in him. Yes, we're using wisdom. Yes, we're using knowledge today. But we're trusting in God. I'm giving thanks for the Lord, for the riches of the Lord today, because God is with us. I want to close with this story. And uh, if the musicians want to come, that that would be wonderful today. I know a man whose father was an alcoholic. He said, Pastor Bob, that sounds like my life story. His father was an alcoholic. In fact, his father was such an alcoholic 
that his mom would go to work. She worked as a waitress. She would go to work and buy food and, and, and get the money that the family needed to survive. And she would bring the groceries home, put the food in the cabinets, and he would take the food out of the cabinets and go down the street and sell it to buy a little more alcohol. It was that bad. But this young man went to a church service and he heard the gospel message. He heard the message of Jesus Christ. He heard that there was a man by the name of Jesus who gave his life on the cross and that God raised him up on the third day. A way of hope a way of deliverance, and he put his faith in Jesus Christ on that particular day. And time would pass, this young man would become a minister, called into the ministry, <clears throat> begin to preach the gospel wherever. I was telling, we come up, we was coming up from the Mizzou game, and we went through a little town called Lanigan, Missouri, and I told Ethan, I was riding with him, I said, I preached one night at Lanigan. I was about 17 years old. I got called to go to Lanigan and preach on a Wednesday night. I went down there and preached and got a $7 offering. I said, that's the way it is for a young, young preacher. You don't even get enough for gas money. But God had called me. And this young man, God called him into the ministry. He went to a little town and tried to start a church in an old barn. And that church failed. But he kept living for God. He kept serving. He would go on and pastor churches in three different states. He would go on in his, throughout his ministry, and he would, uh, he would plant two other churches that are still in existence today. He would go to the foreign mission field, and he would build other churches where where no work had ever been done on the foreign mission field. You see, this was a young man. Society said his inheritance was addiction. Society said his inheritance was alcoholism. But because of Jesus Christ, because he put his faith in the riches of God, because he put his hope in an unshakable Savior, he put his hope in an unshakable kingdom. The Lord turned everything around. He's gone on to be with the Lord today to receive his reward in heaven. And I believe on the day, on that moment when he left this world, the Lord looked at him and said, well done. Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Enter into the joys of the Lord. There are people today, and they're working. We're struggling. Listen, we will work and we will struggle to get ahead at the cost of our marriage. That guy I was telling about a while ago, J. Paul Getty, John Paul Getty, at one time the richest man in the world. He was married five times. Had at least a half dozen mistresses. He made this statement. He said, I give all my wealth just to have one normal marriage. But he gave it all up for the riches of this world. We, we sacrifice everything. We sacrifice our marriage. 
We sacrifice our children trying to get ahead, trying to make a fortune, trying to make a name for ourselves. The riches of the Lord. The Lord is the one that makes a person rich. The blessing of the Lord makes us rich. And then God adds no sorrow with it. This morning, I want to encourage you to put your hope, to put your faith in an unshakable Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. He's my Savior, my Redeemer. He's my soon coming King. If you're going to judge me, I, I know there's, you know, we got a brand new church. Got a brand new building here. And we got new people coming in all the time. And it's wonderful. It's, it's awesome. It's amazing. And you say, Pastor Bob, we don't even know who you are. <laughs> we don't know anything about you. We just met you. If you're going to judge me, judge me and my wife by our family and by our children. Judge us. That's the product of our life. And I'll tell you this right now, they're the real deal. My wife was the real deal. She's here today. <laughs> I hope you get saved today, honey. No, <laughs> just kidding you, baby. Loves God with all of her. A great lady, a great woman, okay? We're just average, ordinary people, and we just love God. I, you know, we just, we're so thankful that God gives us a, an opportunity to work with you guys, to know you guys, to serve with you guys. We're, on this, we're in this thing together. We're in this team together. And we're just, we're privileged that we can build up people and we can encourage one another and we can see lives changed, not because of us, but because of Jesus Christ. He does it all. He does it all. You know, give the Lord a hand clap of praise, will you? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Stand with us this morning. Let's close with this prayer. And then if you need prayer, we want you to come. We're going to sing a couple songs here. And praise God, if you need prayer, we will definitely pray with you today. But let's, let's close with this prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Your blessings make us rich. I'm a rich man because of your greatness, because of your blessing. There are difficulties in this life. There are struggles that we have. But Lord, we're trusting in you. We're walking with you every day. We put our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ, our unshakable Savior. And we thank you, God, for that unshakable kingdom, the unshakable word of God. May we build upon it every single day. May you teach us. Holy Spirit, teach us the word of God. Holy Spirit, open up our understanding to know, God, the things that you've written for us, that we might live an overcoming life. Help us, I pray. Bless us. There, there are individuals here that are struggling. There's someone here in this place that needs to know Jesus as their Savior. I pray this morning that they will find the hope in Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you this morning. Hey, let's sing. Let's praise God. If you want to come forward and, and sing and praise God, you can do that. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you today. But we love you guys so much. We really do. We praise God for you.